And I want to wrap up this message talking to you today about we are better together. We are better together. And I'm, we're going to look at God's word today as we always do. If you're new with us today, I believe in the Bible. I believe it's God's infallible word. I believe it's inspired by God. I believe the word of God won't return void. And so I read a lot of Bible every week. And we're going to look at the scripture and study today how we're better together. Some of you are familiar with the Lord's prayer. And I want us to focus on one part of that prayer today. Matthew chapter 6 and Picking up in verse number 9 says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray. And he says, verse 10, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's heart is that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's happening in heaven will actually begin to take place on earth. God wants to bring heaven to earth. And I want us to look at the Bible and see one aspect of heaven and what God wants to bring down to earth. Let's look at one aspect of of heaven today. Revelation chapter 7, picking up in verse number 9. It says, after this, I looked and there before me, was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation. Come on, at all of our locations, everybody say the word every. Yes, notice that this is what heaven is like. This is describing heaven from every nation, tribe, people, and a language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They, together, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, a sign of worship. Verse 10, and they cried out in a loud voice. Notice that a voice, the Bible is, 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 is giving us this picture of one voice in, in a, like a choir in unison. And they were singing and shouting and crying out, salvation belongs to our God, not your God. It's our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You see, in heaven, every tribe, every nation, every people, every language will be worshiping God together. All of God's children will be standing side by side, crying out, salvation belongs to our God. Friends, can I tell you today that in heaven, no one will be separated by race, denomination, political affiliation, sex, country, or culture. There's no division. There's no hatred. There's no racism. There's no prejudice. There's no strife in heaven. We're all together as one big family lifting up our God, worshiping our God together. And God wants to bring heaven to earth. God wants us to be together on earth. God knows we're better together in heaven and also on earth. Here's what Jesus said. He, he prayed this prayer before he was ascended into heaven. This is the prayer that he prayed over his disciples and prayed over you and I. We find that in John chapter 17 and verse 20. God wants to bring heaven to earth. He says, my prayer Is not for them alone, not just for the disciples who have walked with me. I pray also for those who will believe in me. That's you and I. That's those who will continue to believe in Christ. I'm praying that those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, 
God wants us to be one. He wants to bring heaven to earth, all people, all of his children to be one. Father, just as you and I, you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Notice this prayer, Jesus prays, Lord, that they would be one as we are one. They would be together, that, that heaven would come to earth as my prayer. Verse 23, I in them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. God wants to bring heaven to earth. He wants his church to be completely unified. He wants us to be one, his church to be one body. Why? Because we're better together. And I want us to study from God's word for the next few moments why we're better together. This message will impact your life impact your family, impact your career, impact our church and the church at large, why we're better together. Number one is this, as we look at four biblical reasons we're better together. Number one, our differences make us stronger. Our differences make us stronger. The church of Jesus Christ is actually stronger together than we are separated from one another. All of our different backgrounds and perspectives and worldviews and experiences and, and cultures actually make us stronger when we come together as one body. And, and Paul talks about this, and I want to read this portion of Scripture to you and let it minister to your heart. Open your heart up. Open your mind up and let the Word of God speak deeply to your heart. Let it renew your mind today on how our differences make us stronger. We find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to pick up reading in verse number 12. It says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its parts, all of its many parts form one body. There are many parts talking about the physical body. There's many parts of the body, but there's one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized, all of God's children are baptized by one spirit. In other words, there's not a black Holy Spirit, a white Holy Spirit, a red Holy Spirit, a yellow Holy Spirit, and a green Holy Spirit. We're all baptized into, by one spirit. So why? So as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. The body, the body of Christ is not made up of just one part. We're made up of many parts. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And friends, let me tell you, that's what racism does. That's what hatred does. That's what prejudice does. It says the one part of the body we don't need you. It says the one part of the body, you're not as valuable as we are. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. There are different parts of the body, but there's just one body and we're all needed. Verse 17 goes on to say, if the whole body were an eye, or in other words, if the whole body was like you, just like you, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear or just like me, where would the sense of smell be? In other words, we need the different parts of the body. We need each other. I'm so glad you're not like me. Can you imagine if I was leading worship? We want you more and more, 
more and come on, stand with me, all the campuses. Worship the Lord more and more. Let me get higher. More and more. It's about as good as it gets, church. Amen. It's a joyful noise. It's not in key. Can you believe I was the vocal music president at We Woke? Amen. A lot of things happened. We woke up, praise the Lord. I'm glad we're different. We're not alike. We've got different gifts and different makeups and look different. And, and, and listen to me, that's a beautiful thing. It would be a pretty boring world if everybody was the same color, had the same skin, the same hair, the same eyes, the same gifts. But the scripture goes on to say in this in verse 18, we're better together. Notice this. It says, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. What the Bible is driving home here is this. It's not by accident. Diversity is not by accident. It's by design. Your color, your, your culture, where you were born, your gifts, God has given those by design. God has placed each, each part of the body in, 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 in where he wanted them to function in the body. Verse 19, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. If they were all one part, where, 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 where would the body be? It goes on to say in verse 19, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. You see, in the body of Christ, we are all needed. Every person matters. Every person is valuable. Every person is needed. And at People's Church, every person is wanted. You're wanted here. No matter your culture, your creed, your background, your color, no matter where you were born, you are wanted. If you, we want you to know Christ and be a part of the body of Christ, we're different. There are many parts, but we form one body. We're stronger together. We're better together. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I need you. Go ahead and tell him that I need you. Yes, you're a part of the body. Number two is this. Number two is this. For biblical reasons, we are better together. Number two is unity makes us a powerful force. Unity makes us a powerful force. You see, just as unity makes the church a powerful force, disunity weakens the body of Christ. Division causes the church to be ineffective in accomplishing the Great Commission. Here's what Jesus said in the context of the scripture I'm getting ready to read to you. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, people came to Jesus and said, listen, you're casting these demons out because you're from the devil. You're of the devil. That's why you're doing that. You're casting the devil out because you're of the devil. And Jesus said in Luke 11, verse 17, Jesus knew their faults and said to them, any kingdom, notice that word, it's a very critical word, any, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. Jesus said, listen, I'm, if I was Satan, why would I be casting out Satan? Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. Any kingdom, any organization, any government, any institution, any country, any business, any family, any church divided against itself will be ruined. He goes on to say, and a house, there could be a family house, a church house, a house divided against itself will fall. You see, the church is a powerful force when we're unified, but we're highly ineffective when we are divided. Let's take it a step further. Your marriage will be ruined if it's full of division. Your family, your children will be ruined. A house divided against itself will fail, will fall. If you have a home full of gossip and, and lying and backbiting, that home's going to fail. It's going to be ruined. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. It could be at your workplace. 
And you're always backbiting or you're always trying to undercut someone. You're always trying to make someone else look bad so that you can look good and there's division. And some of you, you get on social media and you're like, come on. I'm going to tell you what I said. I think about the work. Stop it. Stop it. Any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. Your friendships will be ruined. Listen, wherever division and, and disunity reigns and rules, there, will, there you can find a, a place where, where it's going to be ruined and weakened and it's going to ultimately fail and fall. Division causes kingdom and houses to fail. We're better together. One of my favorite scriptures about unity is found in Psalms chapter 103. I really believe the Lord's going to speak deeply to your heart. Psalms chapter 133 and verse number one. Before I read this scripture at all of our locations, let me ask you a question. How many of you want to be blessed? Just come on, throw a hand. If you want to be blessed, how many want to be blessed? Blessed, blessed, blessed. All right. All right. You want to be blessed. This, this scripture talks about this. Psalms 133 verse one. The psalmist says, how good and pleasant it is. When God's people, we're not talking about the world. The world's going to be the world. When God's people live together in unity. See, division is from the devil. Unity is from God. When God's people live together in unity. Verse 2, it is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. Let me quickly give you four things that, 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 that happens when God's people live together in unity. I want, I want you to be blessed. I want the church of Jesus Christ to be blessed. I want your family to be blessed. I want your workplace to be blessed. Let, let's, let's, let's look at this four things that happen when God's people live together in unity. Number one is this anointing flow anointing flows a powerful yoke destroying anointing the anointing the power of God the, the tangible power of God will, 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 will can set someone free from an addiction from from a bondage from an ailment the power the anointing will flow it flows through unity the, the scripture I read it to you says precious oil running down the head down Aaron's beard and the holy oil was used to consecrate priest and Aaron was the very first priest of Israel and he was anointed by by Moses and and the holy anointing oil it, it was a mixture of four spices and then the four spices were myrrh cinnamon cane and cassia oil, uh, 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 spices, and you would mix those four spices with, with the oil, with the olive oil. And those four spices, when they were mixed with the olive oil, it became holy oil. It was anointed oil. The spices by themselves were not anointed. The oil by itself was not anointed. It was when they were mixed together, it became anointed and was used to anoint the priest. And when you and I by ourselves, we're not near as powerful. There is a corporate anointing that when we come together, all of our spices and all of our flavor, and we mix together, there's a powerful yoke-destroying anointing to set the captives free. And we're better together. The anointing flows when we're together. Let me tell you what else happens when we're together. This scripture points out refreshing flows. Refreshing flows. Where there's unity, the Holy Spirit flows into dry places and refreshes hearts. Verse 3 says, it is as the dew of Hermon falling on Mount Zion. And Mount Hermon lies over 100 miles northeast of Jerusalem. It was uh, over 9,000 feet tall. It was the highest mountain in the region. And, and oftentimes it was snow-capped. 
It's tall and snow-capped, and, and, and so in, in the summertime, Mount Zion, those areas would be dry, not receiving any rain. The ground was dry. And Mount Hermon, the tall 9,000-foot mountain, would be snow-capped, and the sun began to beat down, and the dew and the, and the, wane, the, the, the dew would just kind of flow down the Mount, Mount, Mount Hermon, down to the dry places that have not received rain in some time, and begin just to refresh those dry grounds. And the Bible says that's what it's like when my people come together, my my anointing can flow into dry places, into dry hearts. It can flow into dry countries and dry cities. It can flow into dry people. If you want God's Holy Spirit to flow into a dry place in your own life, into your family, into our city, can I tell you, it happens when the body of Christ comes together. It's like the dew of Hermon falling on Mount Zion. I want you to see a third, a third, a third thing. Here that happens when God's people live together in unity. Blessings flow. Blessings flow. He says that the Lord bestows, or one translation says commands. The Lord commands his blessings when his people are unified. Friends, you want your marriage to have a blessing on the Lord? Get unified. Get together. You want your family, your children to, to be, see a blessing upon your family? Come together. Be unified. You, you, want, you, you want your business, your career to experience God to command the blessing? Get unified. Get together. You want the church of Jesus Christ to experience a move of God like never before, an unprecedented move of God? It happens when God's people come together. God commands his blessing. Some of you think you can be blessed all by yourself. Oh, no, you need other people. You need the body of Christ. You can't live like a hell. You're act like the devil and then ask God to bless you and talk about folk and gossip and, and raise Cain and want God to bless. No, you got to come together. Blessings flow. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. He points out a fourth thing. The fourth is life flows. Life flows. It says in verse 3, life, even life evermore. God gives a life evermore. He gives abundant life when the church is unified. Anointing flows, refreshing flows, blessings flow, life flows. When we come together, how good and pleasant it is. When God's people live together in unity, we're better together. Number three is this. I, want, I wanted you to see a, a third area where, where we're better together. Number three is together we mature in our faith. We mature in our faith. I have a question for all of the locations. You can respond by just raising a hand. How many of you have a crazy relative that you know of? Come on, you think of you. Come on, raise your hand. You got a come on, crazy relative. Yes, yes. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. If you didn't raise your hand, you know why, don't you? You're the crazy relative. Amen. Got a crazy relative. Come on, you know that crazy relative. Whenever they come over to the house, you go, hide the purse. Hide your wallet. Hide your jewelry. Hide the food. How I many you know some relatives come over, they got Tupperware dishes? Like, you can't be taking our grapes? What are you doing? You're taking food, and, you know? Hide the kids. Come on. You're gonna be talk they're going to be talking crazy. Hide to keep the kids in another room. You know, when they come over, Slick Willie comes over. Ain't Juju come over. It's, it's going to be crazy. Hide the kids. We all have crazy relatives. And, and, and friends, can I tell you, crazy relatives are good for all of us. They can mature us. Come on, you ever said this about a relative? 
Lord, have mercy. I just got to love them because I'm kin to them. You know what I mean? Just like, Lord. Lord, they're coming over again, but I have to, you know, I'm going to love them because we're related. We're blood, you know. So you love them and you endure. Now, some of you, 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 you don't respond to God. Some of you are in the flesh. You know, you're like, like a crazy cousin comes over again. You're like, get out the house. Get on out of here. You start acting crazy. You're not mature. You're, you, they was crazy last week. And they come over again, they're, they're still crazy. Would you just put up with them? You know what I'm saying? And, and yet you can either mature or you can become more worldly and more ungodly and respond in the flesh. But you see, when we get around crazy people, when we get around people that are different than us and that irritate us and that rub us wrong, it's an actually an opportunity for us to mature and to grow. And how many of you know in the body of Christ there are some crazy Christians? Come on, anybody sitting by one? Don't lift a hand. Just wink at me. Amen. Come on, crazy Christians. There's crazy Christians. They're saved and crazy. Amen. I pastored two or three of y'all. Praise the Lord. Crazy Christians. Love you. Amen. It's an opportunity for us to mature and to grow. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 1. It says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge. I, I love the language Paul uses. It's really strong language. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received because you're a Christian, because you're a Christ follower. You have been called, and I want you to live a life that's worthy of the calling. Don't continue to live in your flesh. Don't continue to do your life your way. Don't continue to do your own thing. Live a life worthy of the calling you've received from Christ. What does that look like, this, this, this calling, and what's this life look like that's worthy? Number two is this, be completely humble. God help us. That's what the life looks like, be completely humble. And gentle. God help us to be gentle. Be patient. Live a life worthy of the calling. How? Be patient. Bearing with one another. Everybody say crazy. Yeah, right there. That's crazy. Because it's, it's easy to bear with people you get along with. It's easy to bear with people who has the same worldview and ideology. It's easy to get along with people who see everything the way that you see it. And But... There are some Christians that don't see some things the same way you see it. Bearing with one another. Notice what he says, in love. Then he says, make every effort. Strong language. Make every effort to keep, to maintain the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Why? There's one body. There's not separate bodies. You can't say, well, I don't like those Christians. We just don't hang with those Christians. Those kind of people, that color, that creed, that culture, we don't really, ah. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. You better make every effort. Because there's only one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope. When you were called, there's only one Lord and one faith and one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So you better make every effort. You better live the life worthy of the calling. And some of you are being immature in your faith. You're not patient with people. You don't bear with people. You don't. Make every effort to keep the unity of the body of Christ. Matter of fact, some of you do the exact opposite. You live to stir up problems in your home. You live to cause division and dissension and strife and racism and prejudice and hate. You, you live for those, those moments, and that's a sign of immaturity, not a sign of spiritual maturity. You see, when you and I learn to bear with each other, when we learn to love one another in spite of all of our differences, we are actually maturing and growing in our faith. And listen to me, God wants us to mature. 
God does not want you and I to stay where we are spiritually. He wants us to mature. He wants us to go from glory to glory and from faith to faith. He wants us to grow up in our faith. And and, and Paul continues to talk about this in chapter 4 in Ephesians. I'm reading from from chapter 4 right now. And in several verses later, beginning in verse number 11, here's what he says about maturing and needing each other and growing in our faith and how we're better together and how we mature together. He says in verse 11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, the fivefold men ministry gifts. He gave them, why? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be, notice it's built up, that we would actually grow, we'd be built up. How? Why? Until all reach unity. That, that's his goal. We, until we all reach unity in the faith, all God's people reach unity, and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Mature. Don't, don't stay where you are. Keep growing. You need other folks to grow. You need the body. You need unity. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. He goes on to say, verse 16, from him the whole body. See, we like to have Christianity on our own. You know, I just, it's just me and Jesus. Just, I don't even need church. Just me and Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't, even, I don't even like church people. I just love Jesus. Me and Jesus. No. You're going to be a baby Christian your whole life. Verse 16, from him the whole body joined no, no, it's not an isolated, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows, matures, and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Together, we mature in our faith. We're better together. You want to mature? You want to grow? You want to be built up? You want to be more like Jesus Christ? We need each other. All of our differences, all of our backgrounds, all of our hangups, all of our if issues, all of our differences, we need each other. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm better with you. Go ahead and tell them that. I'm better. I'm better. I'm better with you. Not sure if I like you, but I'm better with you. Amen. No, we, we love each other. Amen. Number four is this. Number four is this. Number four. This is powerful. I don't want you to miss this. This is life changing. Number four, while we're better together, we will see more changed lives together. More changed lives. Here's what the scripture says. John 13 verse 35. By this, talking about love. By this, everyone, church and unchurched, will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Please hear me today. There's power in our love. There are some believe, oh, there's just power in the preaching. There's power in the worship. There's power in the scripture reading. But friends, there's actually power in our love. People will know we're his disciples if we actually love. Not just preach. Not just sing. Not just teach. Not just quote scripture. But actually love one another. My wife and I, we go on a date every week, and the highlight of my week every week is to hang out with Tiffany, and uh, we rarely miss a week where we just go out and uh, go out to eat or go to a movie, uh, go to a coffee shop and just hang out, and I have to admit to you, we have uh, PDA, Public Display display of Affection, and uh, um, we hold hands, and we hug, and look into each other's eyes, yes, even in public, and um, uh, love my wife. And, and one day recently, we were out together on a date, and, and a lady came up to Tiffany, and she said to Tiffany, 
you guys are newlyweds, aren't you? <laughs> You're newlyweds. She's like, no, no, we've been married almost 18 years. I took it as a compliment. That's right. I'm not 40. I'm 22. What's up? You know, I'm tr- yes, newlyweds, newlyweds. But she was, she was, she was saying, no, you, no, people that have been married 18 years don't act like this. I mean, haven't you guys seen the movies? Haven't you seen Hollywood? Don't you know how relationships work? You don't, 18 years, the love dies. It fades. You don't keep holding each other's hand and hugging each other and touching each other and looking at each other and talking to each other. Come on, you eat dinner, you don't say anything. You just eat. You know what I mean? We're together. <laughs> like, you, t- you talk? You actually look. And she was, she was drawn to us. She was shocked. But one thing, just our, our love drew her. These are different people, different backgrounds, different cultures, and yet they love one another. And friends, when the church comes together, all of our backgrounds and cultures and skin colors and differences, and I like this and you like that, and yet we come together and actually love one another, that is attractive to the world because the world is like, really, you got different backgrounds and different colors and different likes and dislikes, and you guys actually love one another. You don't just talk about each other and rip each other apart and tear one another down. You actually love one another. Jesus said, yes, this, this kind of love this kind of love, people will know you're my disciples. They'll be drawn to me. They'll be drawn to the gospel if you will love one another. And here's the prayer. Let me take you back to the prayer. The prayer that Jesus prayed. I close with this. Let the Lord speak to your heart. His word will not return void. Here's the prayer Jesus prayed for his disciples and prayed for you and I. He said, my prayer, verse 20, is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. They'll love one another. Why? Check this out. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also, check this out, may they also be in us so the world, if they will just be one, if they will actually love one another, if my people will actually get along with one another, the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me that they may be one as we are one. They'll actually love one another and get along. I and them and you and me. Why? So that they may be brought, brought, mature, grow, be built up, brought to complete unity. Why? Why do they need to be one? Why do they need to be brought into complete unity? He goes on to say, then, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. There's not just power in our preaching. There is not just power in our singing. There is just not power in our scripture reading. There is power when we love one another. We're better together.